0: Hi, my name is Middlechild, and this is MMH4K. I am Kayshawn Rivers (laughs) as a normal person, too. I can't. I'm trying. Okay. Let's start over from the beginning, folks. All right. Hi, I'm Middlechild. I'm also known as Kayshawn Rivers, a.k.a. Kayshawn Rivers. This is MMH4K. My mom has four kids. I'm, you know, super excited and a little jittery, I guess, because I'm here with a special guest today not the usual guests that you have like my brothers and them. No, no, no. This month, as I said in my last podcast, is a, you know, it's Women's Month. Let's start there. But it's also endometriosis awareness month. So I felt who would be a better choice to explain endo or go into endo than a person that I know that has endometriosis. Luckily for me, it happens to be Jennifer Smith, aka my girlfriend, my partner in life, love of my life, my best friend—all of that good stuff. You know the titles, all of that. <laughs> so she's here today. Jen, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Hi, I'm Jennifer. Uh, I don't know. I have endometriosis. I was diagnosed when I was thirteen. Um, right before I went to high school, which was, you know exciting time in my life um but i got diagnosed with endo because my mom also has endo and also her sister and my grandmother have it as well so it runs very strongly in my family um little did i know my younger sister also has it um so here we are i i don't know what should i say now i mean
0: you're doing (laughs) good you see You know, I talked about in the last podcast as far as, like, the frequency of women having endometriosis, it's higher than you think. So, at this point in time, now, as much exposure as, you know, it's getting, now they're coming out with different ways to try to work with endometriosis versus back then, correct?
1: Yeah, there are more treatments now, um... But unfortunately, there's still not enough. Um, When I was diagnosed, I was started on birth control. Uh, The only way to officially diagnose you with endometriosis is to perform a laparoscopic surgery, which is basically them cutting tiny little holes into your stomach. I have about five or six scars um, where they just make tiny incisions and then they fill your stomach. abdomen with gas so that they can look around and they try to find the scar tissue and remove it if possible. Um, I did not have my first surgery until I was 20 because when I was 13, I honestly, I just got scared and backed out of it. Um, but we knew since I had such a strong family history that that was more than likely going to be the diagnosis. Um, I started out just having very painful periods. Um, I've never really had, you know, a heavy flow, which can be one of the symptoms. But I had a lot of pain, which led to me missing a lot of school. Um, I still you know, managed to graduate on time and with a 4.0 GPA, but it was kind of hard to do that.
0: She just wanted to throw that little dub in there, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> just that little dub. All right, continue. In order
1: to do that, I I had a lot of catching up to do, and I had to do a lot of work on my own rather than being at school, and I missed out on a lot of stuff with my friends. Even now, sometimes I feel like I miss out with, on stuff with friends because having a chronic condition makes you scared to make plans scared especially when there are plans to be active um because you never know if you might be having a bad pain day or even if you're having a good pain day you might end up with pain later
0: yeah and for those who can hear in the background willow is also a part of this podcast too yeah we're switching it up first we had truffles on the podcast now we got willow the cat i said at the beginning we're gonna have a cat in here too and this <laughs> podcast we, we keep it wild right willow you got something to say? You ain't going to meow when I need you to meow, though, huh? Yeah, cats have their own personality. She's going to be scurrying around in the background. So if you hear, just know we, we love cats, dogs. We don't have frogs or toads or anything crazy yet. But we're going to get them in the podcast, too, if, at some point in time. Okay, but staying focused on the subject here, seeing that you've gone through that throughout high school and even now into your adulthood, you know, as far as your endo, it has affected you being able to go out and do certain activities and everything like that, and it sucks because yeah. I know, at least when I'm well with you and stuff like that, there's times where you want to do stuff, and I'm like, yeah, I'm all for it, and then sometimes you go back because you're just like, well, I know if I do this, I'm going to be in pain later, correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: and that can uh, that can put a damper on things sometimes, especially when you know when she wants to do it, you know, and then it feels like she can't, and it sucks because uh, sadly I'm a I'm a super duper optimist and I'm always like yeah let's like do it, but I I'm also a person that cares about somebody's well being and I don't want to see nobody in pain, you know. But, it's a a thing of, like, she wants to do activities, and she feels like she can't. And sometimes she just can't, actually, because she's already in pain. Yeah.
1: It feels like you miss out on part of your life. I have ended up having to leave school a couple of times as far as college goes. Um, I am in my early 30s, and I'm just about to graduate from college, so... I am going to finish, but it has taken me quite a while because I can't really handle a full-time job and full-time school when I don't know how my health is going to be. But on the bright side, I've learned to not let it stop me from doing things that I want to do. I Right now, I'm taking one class at a time because that's what I can do. Um, I try to be active when I have the opportunity to, Um, and I just really try to enjoy life because I feel like if you don't try to make your days the fullest, then you're going to end up regretting it, and this is a condition that is not, there's no cure, so I'm always going to have some level of pain, Um, and I just don't want to sit here and mope about it, so I try to be positive as much as possible, even though sometimes... I do get down about it.
0: Yeah. I think that's one of the harder things too. It's just like, you know, on the partner end of it, there's days when she's in pain and like, I want to help. I really do, but I can't. Like, I'm not a professional doctor. Neither do they have any medicines I can just go to the store and grab or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? The heating pad here and there, it's a beautiful thing. Thank you for whoever developed that good on you, good looking out,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, you know, there's different, like, you know, CBD products you can get too, that helps as well, but it's not the same, and there's times where, like, you know, I do want to just just help as much as you can, but I, I can't, you know, I, I I do as much as I can, and, you know, I hope that's good enough for you, I mean... I'm going mean, to keep
1: trying. I think so. The fact that you're trying is a lot. Before I met you, I had kind of just thought that I was going to be alone forever because nobody wants to be with somebody sick. And, you know, it's it was hard because I was getting to the point where, you know, I want to have a kid and be with someone. And I just thought that that was never going to happen to me, even though I saw it happening to all of my friends. Um... I just thought that that wasn't for me, and I really am thankful that, you know, our paths crossed, and here we are.
0: I'm about to cry on my podcast. (laughs) Oh, my God. Hold on. I got to look away for a second. Oh, my God. All right. Get it together. Why are you saying so much emotional stuff? (laughs) Why are you going to say it? (laughs) I'm not trying to cry. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Let me get it together.
1: Cool. This is why you should have had planned questions.
0: I should have planned questions. I didn't know I was gonna be. See, now I feel like I'm being interviewed. I feel like R. Kelly.
1: Well, while he's while he's gathering himself, oh I'll God. tell you guys a little bit more about having endo.
0: Please. So the <laughs> while most I cry.
1: the most obvious and the most common common symptoms of endo are painful periods, um, painful uh, bowel movements, sometimes. Uh, a lot of women experience pain with sex, um, painful urination, generally just chronic pelvic pain. Um, I'm trying to think, what am I missing?
0: You you have indoors. I know. I, I, I listed off. There there are so many. As much many, as I know about, much as I discovered myself.
1: There <laughs> there are so many uh, so many symptoms, and it really affects every part of your life. Um, I actually also have sciatica that's connected with my endo. Um, I cannot confirm my suspicions without having surgery. Um, There are rare instances where you can have endometriosis growing in your sciatic nerve area. And I believe that's what is going on with me. Um, But as I said, I can't be sure um, until I know the fact. But I do know that I have sciatica in it often coincides with when i am having a flare-up of endometriosis um another common symptom is having cyst, uh heavy bleeding um it causes a lot of problems they've found it in all parts of your in parts of people's bodies they found it in people's brains um you can have it in your lungs in your mm-hmm. eyes
0: wait a minute um, you said brains and eyes yeah I didn't know that you
1: can you can grow endometriosis. I heard
0: about a long but
1: anywhere, Jesus. it's very rare to have those, but it is possible.
0: Okay, just to let y'all know out there, <laughs> Cause I'm getting I'm getting schooled right now. See, this is why this is why I brought her on here, because <laughs> I apparently I missed some things. She's clarifying these things for all the people out there listening.
1: Yeah, but it is important for everyone to know. If you are having painful periods, pain with sex, really any pain, talk to your doctor about it. And if it's, you know, if they brush you off, talk to another doctor about it and don't stop. The average time it takes for a woman to get diagnosed with endometriosis is seven years. And that is ridiculous. They treat women as if we are crazy when we say that we're in pain. They don't believe that we're in as much pain as we say we are. But it's been documented. Um, There there are women with very severe endometriosis. There are a lot of us out there. And it makes life a lot harder when doctors don't believe you or when they're just concerned with what drug is going to get them the biggest check from a pharmaceutical company rather than what's actually going to be the best treatment for you.
0: Yeah, when those drugs have horrible symptoms. Like, oh man, like I... What's the first one you had? like?
1: Okay, so there's a drug called Lupron that puts you into a state of chemical menopause. Right. Um, it is also used as a chemotherapy drug for men with prostate cancer. And it's used for transgender kids to stop their hormones from causing them to go through puberty. And they also actually give it to very young kids, um, girls that tend to start showing puberty symptoms very early. Uh, Sometimes it happens where girls begin puberty at like five to eight years old and they give them this drug to stop the hormones. The problem with it is, is that it's supposed to put you in a temporary state of menopause in order to shrink the endometriosis growths inside of you. However, it can cause problems with your bone density. Um, It can cause very severe nerve damage. I've heard of women who can no longer walk after having taken Lupron. For me personally, it has caused some nerve pain, memory problems. Um, I was told that the hot flashes and night sweats would go away when the medicine wore off in six months, and it's probably been about seven or eight years since I've had it, and I still have side effects from taking this medicine. If anyone suggests that you take a drug called Lupron or the new one that's out called Oralisa, uh, don't do it please do research on what your doctors are suggesting because a lot of doctors are not educated about endo and you have to really be your own advocate because otherwise they're just going to slap you with some birth control and tell you, you know, here you go. Good luck.
0: Right. And the thing about that, that makes that horrible too, is just like, like basically the Lupron and the Orissa right? Or, or Lissa. Or Lissa. They're like basically the same, they? almost. They're, a little different. they're
1: very similar I think there is a slight chemical difference that I don't fully understand. As, I'm not a scientist, but um, they're very similar in the way that they work. Uh, the benefit of doing Orlissa is that it's a pill so you can stop it rather than having it injected into you and it wears off after one month or three months depending on the dosage. Right. Yeah. Um, there is a... The what they consider to be the gold standard of treatment for endometriosis right now, which is excision surgery. Uh, basically, the normal laparoscopy that they give women with endo, they use a laser and they burn off the lesions. In excision surgery, they use a scalpel and they actually cut it out at the root. So it's basically the analogy that they use is Consider endo to be a weed in your yard. Basically, you're going to be, ablation would be you're throw, having a flamethrower over your, your grass to get rid of the weeds. Oh God. And excision surgery, you're actually going in with a shovel and digging it out at the root. And when you have the excision, there's only a 6% chance of it growing back. So that is the gold standard. Sadly, there are not a lot of doctors that are trained to do excision surgery,
0: so it costs hella money, huh?
1: It it's very expensive, but there's a reason why it's very expensive. Uh insurance companies are only only allow a certain amount of money to be done for endosurgeries. And according to the insurance, they don't care if the doctor's just lasering stuff off or if they're going in there and taking their time and giving it meticulous detail. So most excision doctors don't accept insurance or they'll consider themselves to be out of network with insurance simply because if they don't, they're not going to get paid for the work that they're doing. So typically, I've heard of clinics, you know, a lot of places will work with you. They'll help you work with your insurance. um, But the typical, um, I guess, cost that I've heard people say about, for instance, excuse me, excision surgery is probably around $8,000 all the way up to, I've heard people say it costs up almost $20,000 out of pocket to have surgery. Um, the prognosis for it is pretty good. Most people say they get at least five to seven years of good relief from it. But imagine having to have that five to seven years down the line after you just finished paying off the surgery you had. It's a lot of money to come up with. We need to have more resources and we need to have more research into what can help women with endo.
0: And that's very true. And That's the whole point of this too is making people aware and making people understand that though it may not seem as known as it is, it's as common as it is. It's out there in plenty. Of, she just said, literally, like her family line has it. So... I picture there's another family out there who's probably the same, maybe even more, maybe less, but they still have it.
1: That's why raising awareness and teaching people to notice the signs and symptoms of endometriosis is so important. And also, it's very important to try to end the taboo when it comes to periods and women's health in general, really, because a lot of people, especially men, don't, don't understand how it works.
0: Which is crazy. Because it's partly education system. That's a different subject. But it's also men not willing to go out there and do the research. Because when she told me what that she had it, I didn't know. I was ignorant to it. I've never heard anybody talk about it. So I in my mind I'm like, Okay, cool. Come to find out, uh my mom actually had endo for a period of time I didn't know she she never told me mm-hmm. so the you know what I'm saying like it's-, it's
1: it's one of those things like when I first had endo or when I first was diagnosed with endo people would ask me what's wrong and I would just say like oh it's just cramps or like oh you know it's a women's problem don't worry about it right. um but then I started realizing how important it is to to spread awareness you know, there might be a kid in, you know, middle school, high school that's having this going on and their parents don't believe them, the school nurse doesn't believe them. They don't have access to go to a doctor on their own. We need to be educating doctors. We need to be educating school nurses, teachers. Really, everyone needs to to be educated on issues that involve women. Not just this. There's also things like PCOS. Um... There's a lot of things that can go on with women's bodies, and I don't know if there's as many things that can go wrong with men, but I know that there are definitely a lot of women's health concerns that people just don't know about.
0: I say there's. I think the thing about men health is that it is known, but it's always being looked into because of how the society is and everything like that, and how I believe that they think it's easier to to do this research and to do these studies on men than it is on women. And I think that's, you know, I think that's some bullshit, but that's the way it is right now. But that's the whole point too. It's just like, it don't have to be that way. you know, as society goes on and as more people discover that there are more problems and there are problems that have been there that, you know, people are covering up or not talking about, you know, now is the time to be more vocal on it. Now is the time to tell people, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know what this is? Let me educate you on it. When people, you know, when I say Jen has endometriosis, or when I say I'm not going out with y'all, or like, now nah, I'm going to chill back or something like that because she has endo, you know, for people that don't know and just like, wait, what is that? Like, is she all right? It's like, she's fine. But let me tell you what it is so you can understand why. And, you know, while I'm gonna be chillaxing and everything with her and make sure she's comfortable and all that other stuff. All that good stuff. Because once you do that, then people if if they take their time, they go actually look into it. Like my boss, she says she's heard of Endo, but she didn't know exactly what it was. So I told her and I explained it to her and then she took her time out and she did some research in it and she was actually, you know, trying to tell Jen, like, you know, like, hey, like, I'm like, you know, it makes a difference because she went from just being a boss, a person that was just, she was interested and she did her research on it. So she knows what it is now. And she says, like, I'm going to look into it as far as like, you know, her granddaughter and her daughter, because, you know, she says that her daughter has like painful like, periods and stuff like that. And who knows? And same thing. If her granddaughter actually has any problems like that then she'll be like well can you check for this can you check for endo and that's really good because that's important that's how it's supposed to be and this is stuff that if you you know the doctors hear more of it and they're just like from their patients they'll be like well damn like you know i've been studying on it but like it's different when they're coming at you every day with it Because then that becomes a part of their questions that they ask you. Like, have you had any, you know, painful cramps? Have you had any, you know, gross or anything like that? And then they put it down and they're just like, okay, these are symptoms of endo. You could possibly have endo. But more of it. Not like, you know, kind of like, eh. Like, do you have endo? Do you know? You might have it, maybe. You know what I'm saying? It'll be different. It'll be, I know. I'm getting enough signs of it. Mm. But... Until we start putting more effort into it, it's going to be hard to get to that point. But that's what we do. We, we keep talking about it. That's what I say. You let people know. Sometimes the best way is word of mouth. And I don't talk to, you know, my boss. I don't talk to my brothers and them. I don't talk to family members. You know, I don't talk to some of my friends that I, I didn't know if they knew or not. Some of them did. Some of them didn't. And, like picture. Now, when they go out and they hear somebody, you know, talking about it, or they hear somebody saying that they're experiencing these pains, they'll understand. And that's, like I said, what it's about. It's about understanding. Once you understand somebody, it becomes easier to help, easier to communicate. All oh, other good stuff. It really does. But yeah, that's my end of it, of course. I mean You know, I don't have endo <laughs> so don't know but that's how i feel about it at least
1: yeah well it is nice to have a partner that supports me when i'm not feeling well and also is so passionate about helping me to raise awareness i i think that's something that uh, a lot of women don't have um but if you're out there and you know you're not getting treated well or if you know your partner is not understanding hopefully you can have a conversation with them and change it but if not know that there are good men out there and good women if that's your preference um but there are people out there who are willing to love you and to be a partner with you through sickness and in health and i think that's an important thing to remember and also to hold out for
0: yeah as as a man i will say this to other men out there if you don't know what endo is and you're listening to the podcast and you're finding out what it is, you know, you got to be patient. That's one of the things. Like I said, understanding to communicate, you know, talk, talk to them. If they seem like they're in pain, just ask, you know. If they aren't feeling like going out, relax. Find something else to do. Find something more chill. There's plenty of other things you can do. And on the days that she's really feeling it, go go out and do it because she's really feeling it and that's what counts. You y'all both trying to have fun too. My whole thing is if you're struggling and you feel like you know because she's saying she's in pain or because she's saying she's in pain all the time and in my opinion you just can't handle that then that is a discussion you need to have. But don't sit there and just Pretty much, later on, if you really can't handle it, you can't handle it. It's fine. You know what I'm saying? It's, it happens like that. But, if you really do love this person, if you really come to love this person, then stick in there. Stay in there and do do you. Do, do her right.
1: And not only that, but on a topic for men and for women, especially for women with endo, there are a lot of. Support groups out there. Um, some cities have physical support groups for you to go to. I personally have found a lot of good information and support uh, through some groups on Facebook. I'm sure if you're more of an Instagram or whatever else person, uh, just search for endometriosis, and there, I, there, I guarantee you something will pop up. Um, one that I would definitely put uh, as being very notable on Facebook is a group called Nancy's Nook. Uh, she has a lot of wonderful information about excision surgery. She used to be an RN that worked for an excision surgeon before she retired, and now she is uh, basically an activist and raises awareness, and there's a lot of very good information and in scholarly articles that you can even print out and take to your doctor. Um, so definitely look that up uh, and reach out to people. Um, I recently had a friend that I've known since middle school that told me that she struggles with endo, but for whatever reason, she's not comfortable telling other people she's been suffering in silence for, you know, how, who knows how long. Um, and I was very appreciative that, you know, being that this is endo awareness month, I've been posting a lot about it. She reached out to me and told me her story and thanked me for telling my story as well. And that really, that really touched my heart and made me know that, that this is worth it because it is kind of hard to come out and say, I have this disability. I, you know, this is me, even if it's not what I want it to be, this is me and I'm proud of it. And I want to raise awareness. Sometimes that's hard. So it's nice to see that reward at the end.
0: That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Well, as you can see, sitting here next to my uh you know for this my, my indo warrior mm, she's proud mm-hmm. she's wearing the the yellow ribbon she's got it on her plate of armor with her sword that's also yellow i ain't going to talk about the rest of her weaponry that's the secret but that's what i'm talking about like it's wonderful and like i said i i we're listening mm-hmm. you got people out there and for this podcast my mama has four kids. Like, you can you can come talk to me at any point in time. Kshine at com. If you want to send me an email. You know? If you... If you, uh... Yeah, if you got the time, I guess, pretty much. <laughs> I also... I, I talk to Jen all the time. So, if you have questions for Jen, I will take those for her, too. It's very fine by me. <laughs> and then, uh... Yeah, just know we're always there, pretty much. I, I Like I said, if you want to talk to me, and at this point in time, if you want to talk to Jen, too, I think she'd be very open to accepting any form of message, any form of request. And, uh, yeah. Is there anything else you want to say?
1: No, just, I mean, advocate for yourself. Uh, that's the most important thing and reach out for help if you need it because there are other people out there that know what you're going through. Uh, one in 10 women have endo, so chances are the person you're talking to may have heard of it.
0: Or Uh, may have it.
1: Or they may have it. Uh, just, you know, don't be ashamed of it and don't let it destroy your dreams or destroy your goals. You have to learn to work around it and work with it. So... You know, keep up, keep up the fight.
0: Right. And the more you keep up the fight, the more awareness we give out, the better it's going to go down the line.
1: Oh, wait. Last but not least, we're having an endometriosis awareness uh, march. Um, most cities are doing it on March 30th. Uh, you can go to worldwideendomarch.com and find one in your city. In Atlanta, it's gonna be uh, at Triple Mill Park in Lawrenceville. Um, again, look up Worldwide Endo March. You'll find the links for it. Um, if you have any questions about that, please let us know. But we're going to be having a five k, a picnic, and there's also going to be speakers and booths and free stuff given away. We're having a raffle. I think it's going to be a really good time. So
0: yeah, and we're going to be there. So, exactly,
1: we're gonna be there.
0: If you if you in Atlanta and you listening to this, and you want to say what's up? I'll be there. Jim will be there. We'll be there, chilling and grilling. For I I walking and talking <laughs> for the good old. And endo. it's good.
1: It's good for networking too. There's actually gonna be an excision uh surgeon there. Oh for real.
0: Mhm. Oh snap, but y'all yeah, I might come back with another podcast saying. You know, Jen's finally recovered from her surgery. We'll see <laughs> if it's not that much money because it's expensive. But that's later <laughs> on down the line. <laughs> we'll work it out. But, yeah. So uh, this is has uh, been uh, My Mama Has Four Kids. You know what I'm saying? I- I'm Sean.
1: And I'm Jennifer. Thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> You're very welcome. Please come back on. You will be coming back on later on down the line. Maybe in the next podcast, we'll see when we'll we it out. We'll see. We'll see. But right, I'm going to child out. Hope everybody enjoyed the podcast. Of course, like I said, you know, contact me at Keishan at gmail.com. If you have any questions or if you want to say that this show is bad or this show is good, whatever you got to say, put it on there. I am going to be opening a Facebook page next month. And then I'm also working on Instagram. So my mama has four kids. Well, I have a social media platform standing. I've been working on it. I've been trying to get pictures together. And I've been trying to get enough of a following that I can actually open it up and I don't feel bad looking at my page and seeing like one person on there.
1: Share this podcast with your friends. (laughs) Share it with everybody. Please,
0: give it to to the dog. Give it to the cat. I don't care. Just please. (laughs) Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm playing. It's not that serious. But, yeah. Like I said, hit me up. This has been My Mama Has Four Kids featuring Jen. And uh, Middle Child out. I hope y'all have a good day. Good night. Blase, blase. And uh, goodbye.